Mission Daily. Here we go. It's currently Valentine's Day. Say hello to your loved one. This is Mission Daily. You are listening. Valentine's Day, February 14th. And we're going to change it up on you a little bit because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Now, you're listening to this. You're like, why are you talking about the Super Bowl? That was two, three days ago. I know. But what I want to ask everyone is, do you remember what you saw? So the topic at hand today is marketing in general, because as a platform, a podcast platform, we are a marketing company. We help tell the stories of our sponsors. But one of the things I was blown away by was a couple numbers that I learned about the Super Bowl. Number one, if you didn't know, the cost of airing for 30 seconds at the Super Bowl this year was $7 million. So that's $7 million per 30 seconds. To give you an idea, it was $2.2 million just 20 years ago. So it went from 2.2, it's now at 7. So it's you know more than tripled in price. You still get the same 30 seconds. The audience has also grown. The audience last year, not this past year, but in 2022, was 99.18 million. So 99 million households in America or 99 million viewers in America watch the show. So I want to talk today with my co-host Stephanie Postles as usual is is $7 million worth it? Because we saw some companies last year that advertised that didn't do it again. So something tells me people aren't quite getting the return on spend that they expected. Steph, let's start with you. Should brands, has the price of a Super Bowl commercial officially outweighed its return? Meaning like you basically can't get your money back no matter what, because $7 million is so much money. Yeah, I would say it first depends on who you are. If you have like mass appeal, you're selling something that's like not that expensive and can connect with those, what, 99 million watchers, viewers, households, whatever it was, like I would say probably it's still worth it to that kind of company. So we were talking about Bud Light, like how many Bud Light commercials, they were everywhere. M&Ms, every year, everywhere. Yeah, they're always there. Yeah, so I think things like that that are like lower priced items, easy to get into, where they just need that brand awareness because they're competing against the Millers, the whatever. Yes, the people who disappeared were the ones that are harder to explain, which is like, that's our niche. Like (laughs) working with tech companies, hard to explain products. We're going to get you in front of your audience. We get it. And Super Bowl might not be the place to start investing in crypto for the first time. It's like crypto.com, all those other ones that we didn't see this year. Makes sense, the market and everything. But they have a harder to sell product that I don't think people will listen to because they saw it at Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. I think when you think of a show that size, there's so many, let's say, distractions. And the reason why we we wanted to do the show today, and it's, again, it's Valentine's Day, so you should be thinking about your boo. Or in my case, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day, so nah. But This is us celebrating, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> when you think back on it, then I, I would... I was thinking about it for myself. It's like, do I remember what I saw? And unfortunately for myself, mm-hmm. like, I don't really. I, I, I started realizing mm-hmm. that as I get older, like things start getting blurry. And it's so hard to be unique now because every every mm-hmm. advertiser does a great job putting together their show, their their content. So much so that people judge it like movies. Like people on Twitter like rip apart your commercial if it wasn't like emphatically good and so i just think to myself like man it's getting to it's got to be getting to the point where like brands are going to start pushing back like i just don't want it yeah well the technology really hasn't been there to track it that awfully well where i actually think starting i don't know maybe a couple years ago but definitely last year and this year 
like the whole connected TV and actually having like real insights into what that commercial is doing is actually here now. So I'm also wondering like what brands started to see when it came to TV commercials and maybe Super Bowl, like what what data are they actually getting now that maybe they didn't have before that might be painting a little bit different of a picture than five years ago when you kind of were maybe a little bit more blindly investing into I'm just going to reach those 99 million households. I don't know if someone paused it, stopped it, skipped it, like if they converted to anything afterwards very easily. Now it's like these brands are getting a hold on like these different platforms that they're on and how they all connect together. So it could be that too, just different insights that they didn't have before that's making them pause a bit more on is this a good investment or not? Well, I remember back when I was a kid and I always remember, I always tell this story or I think it's a good one, which is like Master Lock in the very beginning, like that was their only ever, that was their number one way to advertise. They were going to buy a spot and they put the, if you recall, they shot a bullet through a master lock and demonstrated that it was still locking. Right. And like, that was like such a memorable thing for a lot of people. And that was all their ad spend for the year. So it was actually quite easy to attribute lift to that one moment because that was their only spend. But you see a lot of these brands, they're investing in many, many different advertising uh, advertisements through the course of a year. So like that 30 second spot that airs on one day, is it really emphatically that much more important so that it has to cost yeah. that much more? Uh, $7 million is just a phenomenal number. And connected TV, as far as connected TV is, I, I know people talk about it being here, but I mean, it's not in my house. I didn't see any other like relational. Well, the metrics part of yeah. it, like whether it's mass appeal yet, who knows? But at least the like the data that's supporting the purchases is definitely farther advanced, maybe than. Well, I'll tell you right now. So far, the ROI on that is zero for me because I haven't bought anything. But your house, I, I feel like you're yet. an anomaly. You don't even have Prime yet. Like, look, <laughs> you are not the customer for anybody. Oh uh, yeah, I don't have Prime. Uh, for anyone listening, yeah. yeah, that's that's correct, and I, I don't, I don't plan on getting it either. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're maybe an anomaly, but you know what I actually think was interesting when I think about the commercials that I remember, and I think this goes into a whole different content style that maybe just connects with me is the more like not that well-produced. It's not that flashy. There was one commercial where a Tesla is driving and someone pulls a dummy of a kid, like a small little dummy Mm. thing in front of the Tesla. And it just shows the Tesla smashing into it and going like, we're against autonomous driving. Whoever did that, it was the worst produced commercial I've ever seen and the most impactful. Cause I'm like, that was the shittiest production. And I'm over here remembering there's a whole group that's against autonomous driving and they just ran over a dummy to prove it. Like it didn't stop. So I think there's something to like the kinds of content that connect with people now versus, you know, years ago, you definitely see two different angles that are approaching. And I would love to know which ones performed. In which way? Yeah, I mean, because some of the some of the commercials that you now see are multi-star, cameo-driven, scripted special effects. I mean, they're like mini movies. I bet you some of these commercials are into the tens of millions themselves. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. The one commercial that I saw that I remember just because I thought it was funny was um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez doing Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. when because mm-hmm. at the end when J Lo pulls up and says, "What are you doing?" and like just scolding him, I I just felt like. I, I felt I felt like Ben Affleck. I felt like that's what my wife would do. <laughs> is this what you do when you say you're going to work? I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Eating donuts. Yeah, yep. but is it going to lift donut sales? No clue. You know what I mean? Like Dunkin' Donuts yeah. already has a very strong reputation. I don't know their same store sales are 
extraordinarily high? Like, is it going to see any lift today or tomorrow? I have no idea. But mm-hmm. kind of to your point, when you're a brand of that size, you're almost playing defense. You're not. It's not really to get mm-hmm. ROI. It's to not lose market share. So you have to be in front yeah. of everybody. Yeah. I mean, man, I just feel like there's so much simulation happening that day already that I just think if one were to look into like how a brain works and how much someone can actually take in and remember. I know we've seen this when it comes to different like audio versus video studies. Like with audio, you actually learn and retain if you hear an ad because you can kind of picture it and think about it. If you're watching video, your brain, certain parts of it kind of shut down when it comes to like actually remembering a CTA. There's all these studies that are out. I think Spotify did a couple of them. Um, But it makes me think like with so much stuff coming at you in like a couple hours, I don't know how it just doesn't all blur together, like you're saying, and just be like, yeah, that one was funny, but I don't remember the brand for that one. Yeah, that I don't know. You know, the, when you say that, I think about, because we've always told our clients that, hey, if you own a story medium that tells your story consistently, you will have, number one, you don't, you're not reliant on one event, right? Super Bowl is one event, mm-hmm. singular event, 30 seconds in a lifetime, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yep. a lot of things can be more important than that 30 seconds in any given moment. But to create raving fanatical customers over a long period of time, that's much harder to do. Some brands, they have it easy. Their brand that's probably the best at this, in my opinion, is probably Red Bull. Red Bull, for those Mm -hmm. of you listening, they own Red Bull Media House. Red Bull Media House is its own production company, and they cover the, the world of Red Bull outside of basically F1, because F1 is owned by F1, although Red Bull puts a team on there. So Red Bull Media House makes surfing videos. They make... Um, uh, extreme sports videos. So like all the different categories of Red Bull that Red Bull has team athletes in, their Red Bull Media House makes the production around it. They make video stories and series about the athletes that they sign. And I think to myself, like that is, I've watched more, I've willingly, meaning I've gone out, sought, clicked, watched more Red Bull media content Mm-hmm. than any other because I'm interested in it you know what I mean like I love yeah. and we see a couple other like more outdoorsy brands doing this now uh, Yeti is starting to do like more outdoor based shows Patagonia has long done this they do a lot of sustainability shows where it's like well, it's almost like a movie like Patagonia basically yeah. makes movies for their advertising now and they don't mm-hmm. advertise it they don't broadcast it on TV because they don't think seven million dollars for 30 seconds is worth it they create their own content streams. And so that's kind of what you and I were talking about. Like we encourage companies that especially they have a hard time explaining what they do. It's like if you own a content stream of the subject, is it better to have a few people that love or want to know what you're talking about versus trying to broadcast to the masses? 99 million who don't care. Yeah. <laughs> or, or do you want to broadcast to 95 million people that are drunk off their minds and don't have a clue what they're watching? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be looking for a CRM during Super Bowl or <laughs> they'd be like, oh, that's how I've been waiting to solve my work problem while I'm three margaritas deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, my best friend's yakking in the corner. Kids are being loud. <laughs> yeah, Neil. exactly. But, but so, that's that's what I think about. It's like, I think this new. Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I think. What we'll see a shift in, in investment. I think more companies will do what we do, which whether they use mm-hmm. us or they use someone else, they're gonna have to tell the story of the problems that they solve in a in a more, I guess, thoughtful way to get people like locked into listening to the message more than once per thirty seconds per year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, because you need so many touch points for. I mean, almost anything in life, you need a lot of touch points, especially if it's hard to sell. 
And yeah, how do you actually keep telling that story in, most important, in authentic way that actually resonates with an audience and not just like... Yeah, think about it. Like the brands I just named, Patagonia, Red Bull, um, mm-hmm. Yeti, they sell products that are easy to understand. Consumers can buy mm-hmm. at any point. And they've invested in long-form content over a long period of time. I got to believe yeah. service companies are going to go that path because I, I think it's just hard. Uh, I think our attention continues to bifurcate. You constantly mm-hmm. see new channels coming up. By the way, I just saw an article that TikTok growth has slowed for the first time. Like last year was the first yeah, time it slowed. I saw that too. So people are like, oh yeah. no. It's like, I just started my TikTok strategy. I'm like, yo, let's just get serious. You're pr- no matter what the new next thing is, it's probably the, the rise. And I wouldn't call it a fall, but the rise and taper is going to happen with probably every platform because we just have so many options. I was people just have so mm-hmm. many options, and you know, no one's invented time yet. Last I checked, no one's invented a way to get more time. Soon, one day, <laughs> yep. So I think it would be interesting to in the next episode, maybe you and I can chat about interesting strategies, people like media concepts, marketing concepts, and this could be for anyone who's like working at a company, thinking about how do I explain my message, how do I get out there, who's doing interesting things. Um, I think that could be cool to kind of brainstorm on. All right. Tune in tomorrow when we talk about some of the most, or I guess things that we remember the most and we respect the most uh, as a way to say, like, this is how we think. And we hope, because we're consumers of content as well, that companies think about marketing in the future. Should they tune in tomorrow? Yeah, they should definitely tune Tune in. Tune in tomorrow. So many secrets. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.